0: Here we go, guys. Episode 17 of the C Squared podcast, special edition, special Christmas edition uh, or whatever holidays uh, you are celebrating right now. Fabi, uh, great to see you once again. We're uh, not in the same place. Uh, We don't have any guests, but uh, here we go what do we have to discuss yeah, about uh, this week actually let's start with this uh first of all tell us where you are uh, and what have you been doing for the past couple of weeks I haven't seen you in a week and a half or something like that
1: yeah I went to Spain I think I tweeted about it that I'm going to Spain and uh it's just a stopover my family uh my parents are still here so I'm visiting them before going to Kazakhstan for the World and Rapid and Blitz championships and been here for a few days just dealing with some of the jet lag you know how it is
0: yep 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 how is that going actually um you usually have a a more difficult time when you come to the United States or when you go to Europe
1: coming back is easier I've noticed
0: coming Uh, back to the U.S. you mean
1: yeah 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 I think east to west is generally easier is that is that correct
0: I think so east to west yeah
1: Uh, so yeah these last few days have been a bit unproductive, you know, uh, I I had a weird sleep schedule Been sleeping throughout the afternoon and I haven't adjusted so perfectly. I usually adjust a little bit better. Like last night, I, I stayed up till like six in the morning. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it, it's not hasn't been so ideal, but I, I think I'll start to adjust pretty quickly, although there's still a time difference. I mean, it's uh, I don't know what it is, two or three hours between Spain
0: to... and Kazakhstan.
1: I would guess three hours that would be my guess yeah yeah I think it could it could it be more than that
0: I think it's it's definitely three or more because I think between uh Spain and Romania I think it's a couple of hours and I think we're more west compared to Kazakhstan pretty obvious wait
1: no 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 between Spain and Romania but must be an hour right just one must be right
0: I was pretty sure that it's uh that is too but you might be right it it might be just one hour yeah yeah I think you're right it's just one hour that's one thing that I think so that's that's one thing that I'm having huge difficulties actually adjusting and it only happened in recent years um back when I was when I first started college and I first moved to the United States I was actually not having any issues coming back and getting back on normal schedule in like a matter of one or two days max but nowadays I go on for like the whole duration of the vacation and I still cannot adjust like I still go to sleep at like 6 a.m in the morning or like 4 4 6 a.m in the morning and wake up after after midday so yeah very very difficult always much nicer to come back to the US because then you actually think, feel productive right
1: <laughs> I think also the, the age definitely plays a part it's yeah. just easier to adapt to everything when you're you know in your teenage late teenage years uh, I remember when I was starting to play very strong tournaments in my I guess I was like 1920 and I I would go to sleep at 4 in the morning I would wake up at 8 and I would go and play a game and uh, I can't really imagine doing that now I now it seems very important to get to sleep or yeah or you, you don't really perform very well while when you're 20 21 22 whatever it is uh, you can go without sleep and, and still perform very well or or recover from let's say alcohol which now is like I more or less stopped drinking at some point because uh you know recovery from alcohol just got rather difficult
0: we're getting old my friend oh. we're getting old I mean we're, uh, we're... I wouldn't go, to, go that far <laughs> yet
1: but getting older for sure uh, we're, we're past start to to so, at least some small things
0: yeah yeah no that's that's actually a very good point that you made though with the alcohol um i more or less stop drinking as much as possible uh socially obviously i still occasionally uh get a beer or two but uh yeah i i definitely don't go as far as you know uh losing control getting drunk things of that nature because i know yeah, the I, next day i think i'm just going to be a complete know, uh, vegetable you know
1: i think that beer is one of the safer choices as long as you're not you know having you know two six-packs <laughs> but I, I used like to if you a to it because it also it also hydrates you I think compared uh, to other I'm types not sure of alcohol,
0: about which, that I'm not sure about that
1: actually well, like if you're if you're drinking straight vodka you're going to get very dehydrated as well which is which is part of the big issue with with hangovers right
0: yeah yeah dehydration is a big one for sure um at least this is what I used to uh being told uh is that beer also during the summer months uh is it feels like you're getting hydrated but you're actually getting dehydrated uh whenever you're drinking beer so okay but those were you know um yeah problems of the past for sure now let's talk about the trip to LA I think this is where we kind of left it off uh, for me, it felt quite productive. We shot a lot of uh, content. We spoke with a lot of interesting people, and uh, we had a pretty fun event, I have to say. Now, tell me your talk to me about the sentiment afterwards, and then talk to me about uh, what interest what impressed you the most in terms of uh, the participants. In the chess yeah, LA event. was
1: a fun trip. <laughs> uh, it was it was a bit of a hectic trip a hectic trip that oh yeah we we came in i forget which day it was exactly thursday we came into lax and we got our rental car and that the you know it was a whole process it, it was rather difficult to get to the rental car place um because la is a crazy city especially with a lot of traffic and it's not very accessible it's difficult to get around uh and then after that we basically immediately drove over to the house that uh and- alexandra and andrea and uh that where they live and where lawrence was temporarily staying uh during his la trip and we saw all of them it was it was very fun that first night um but it that's was so tiring when we spoke, so to, tiring, when we spoke yeah? to to the botez sisters um i i enjoyed both of those talks it's of course in hindsight um <laughs> some of it looks a bit silly, you know. It looks very Especially silly. Our, our
0: we were so wrong. We were so wrong. Yeah. yeah on, on we Lawrence. were
1: completely off on everything. Um I like the main thing was that what Lawrence said, what Aman also I think partially said um and what we thought as well was it will probably come down to the chess. It we didn't expect a knockout, I don't think. We we had the feeling that the both of them don't have don't have the technique for a knockout, but we thought that if anyone is going to to win in the boxing, it would know, be Lawrence. Absolutely. I remember. Big shots yeah. for both fighters so oh, well, the ball. Ball. Oh, oh, my God. The first
0: knockout of the match. Both Bongo giving the standing eight count for Lawrence Trent. Amon just piped as hell in his corner. I remember clearly yeah.
1: saying yeah. that, thinking that it's what Lawrence very clearly thought as well I think you also shared that sentiment
0: I think you took My Lawrence, mom, right of
1: course what's up
0: you took Lawrence right
1: I took Lawrence but we didn't make a bet on it
0: as a prediction um, we did not make a bet on it and by the way uh I do not owe you 50 dollars because yeah, yeah I was gonna say yeah yeah Andrea and Dina. I mean, <laughs> it resulted in a tie yeah. yeah
1: yeah we we can we can call that one a wash because yes. they both won i mean it was a weird ending but yeah i guess fair enough
0: reminds me uh, of the time when uh you magnus and levon won the singfield cup yeah.
1: <laughs> well that w- i think we explained that story once but that was also that was a funny end to a tournament yeah but yeah it it was very interesting i, I enjoyed talking to alexandra and, and andrea um it was the first time i had ever met Andrea andrea uh even though of course uh i knew about her in the chess world she's she's uh super famous and uh, as a content creator but it was the first time we'd ever met alexandra had met you know multiple times over the years um it was good to see her again it was good to see lawrence again i hadn't seen him for for i think three years or so um and yeah the fights were were super interesting I would I enjoyed watching them Um, the best one was obviously I think most people would agree with this at least most people in the chess world that uh, D9 and Andrea chess boxing that was the best fight of the night the most interesting one content wise the only one I think where you had a full game of chess and a full boxing bout
0: yes absolutely no no that was the closest one the most competitive one for sure and well, i i don't know if i'd say closest
1: although i guess it, it is it, it, time.
0: It, it, it was no no it was super close from a chess boxing perspective right and we yeah. were sort of hinting towards the fact that dina is much stronger in chess aspect right and it was pretty obvious from the beginning andrea got her opening in but after that in the middle game she very quickly got uh, outplayed but in the boxing i mean andrea was Vicious man. I mean, she was throwing those punches with uh, uh with intent, for sure.
1: She's looking for a big punch, Dina. Nice and busy with the jack. Oh! oh ooh, big overhand I, right lands. Ooh, oh, Dina lands. Oh! Dina oh lands. back in for the hooks. Yeah, I think we called that one pretty accurately. Yeah. That uh, that it would be close. Uh That Dina was was a clear clear chess favorite. I mean, she's a twenty three hundred plus she played in the last olympiad for uh israel i think on the first board yeah. um 2350 i think more she's or less. good
0: she's good yeah uh
1: so very good player andrea is a good player but maybe her strength is around 1900 um I, it's hard for me to like accurately judge strengths uh i don't know her rating exactly but the gap in rating is like 400 plus points yeah so but, but boxing was amazing i mean uh Andrea had prepared really well I think Dina was not too impressive in the boxing um but Andrea was super impressive
0: yeah absolutely and uh in the previous fight actually Aman impressed everybody and surprised all of us shocked us including Lawrence I think Lawrence did not expect that and he was talking about it he looked good I have to say when we first saw uh Lawrence he definitely looked in shape he was looking pretty fast quick with his hands he was practicing uh, shadow boxing all the time and he was showing us videos and andrea and alexandra showing us videos and talking about how he uh shadow boxes all the time so he definitely was zoned in the match and then aman was like super super uh, soft-spoken he spoke with us as well but he told us he gave us an easter egg he said um you might be surprised by by what's going to happen in the boxing realm." and that's exactly what happened I did not I don't think that he could have
1: I don't think he could have anticipated that he would knock Lawrence out um that he knocked him down basically twice first time Lawrence got up the second time Lawrence was wobbly and it was declared a TKO but I don't think Amon could have predicted that like he might have thought he's he you know he has a, a fair shot in the boxing but to think that that as an amateur boxer like more or less Coming to boxing for the first time a few months ago that he would be able to land punches that would floor lawrence yeah was surprising probably i mean to to all of us for sure probably also to him but it was it was very impressive i i think this this demonstrates the the difference between theory and practice i mean in theory lawrence was as prepared as a new boxer could be you know he, he had been training he he lost a lot of weight uh he was probably in good had good cardio good stamina um which of course didn't actually matter because they didn't get deep into the fight enough that stamina would matter but uh but yeah once he started getting hit he couldn't recover like with the first punch he was just instantly uh completely wobbly you know he you just saw like he spun around the yep. first the first punch yeah um, yeah. he wasn't prepared for it. while Amon seemed prepared for the punches like he he was getting um he was getting clipped a few times early on uh if you look at like the first like 10 seconds of the fight Lawrence is getting a few more um jabs he few, he, he few was jabbing jabs him. on yeah on Amon yeah and then it all fell apart once Amon got like a really big uh big punch in. it felt so, like there was
0: actually a difference in strength between the two of them which yeah was... maybe Amon's
1: punches had more power I That's think true. so I, at
0: least visually it felt that way and obviously due to the result obviously it's it's or maybe aman is just more used to getting punched in the face which uh, sounds a bit strange because lawrence was saying that he was training quite frequently at his gym and he was touting his sparring partners and saying that they're old school they hit you pretty hard and um they don't cut you any slack but still it felt like aman had the punching power which is obviously well, I remember something what something that...
1: Lauren said. which yeah. was he said like once you get used to getting hit in the face that um, that's the most important thing. And he said that once you started to get used to getting hit in the face that the first few times, it's very surprising, but then you get adjusted to it. And it's it's much more unpleasant to get hit in the body like a strong body shot. Yeah, uh, but as it turned out, once he was getting hit in the face, uh, like he just wasn't really prepared for it
0: yeah yeah I mean we
1: can talk all we want but the the (laughs) fight proves it right That he really prepared for it
0: absolutely no the 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 result speaks for itself as they uh as they say (laughs) now um would you ever try it I I think some people were trying to kind of coax you in and uh get you going for some 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 fights would you ever try it
1: well so I, I don't know what if any of the fighters got paid or if they were just doing it for fun or for, for for publicity uh although I don't imagine that let's say Andrea needs publicity she was probably just doing it for fun um I don't know if they're even allowed to to pay money for these fights
0: yeah we can but only speculate I in that regard
1: I would only do it for like a significant amount of money <laughs> it it's just I mean I'll just be like very honest with this I I mean I I have no real interest in chess boxing besides as a spectator like I have have no interest in doing it but um as a challenge if there was something on the line then I'd consider it um and I would probably take it very seriously because I wouldn't want to get hurt
0: yeah Uh, and I think that's probably very important for for chess players in general yeah not Getting hit in the head too many times, and we saw how damaging those hits can actually be. Right? We did not expect any of them to get knocked out yet. Well, Lawrence got knocked out, and then Dina was very close to getting knocked out. So, well, I—I I
1: mean, she was getting close to maybe getting TK or, or TK, she should have been. Yes, t-
0: but I, I think. I don't
1: think that yeah. Andrea had enough power in her punches to actually knock Dina out. Like, I she was she was landing hits. She was on wobbly. Her. She was wobbly. Yeah, but they didn't seem, like, powerful. Like, she was very clearly the aggressor. Yeah. But I didn't feel like there was much power, especially once they started to get tired in, in the punches. Yeah. Like, then it was more that she was just, she was all over her, but not in a way that I felt she would get injured. Yeah. Um, because at some point, like, Dina just put down her defenses completely. Yeah. She was not, she didn't have her hands up she wasn't even moving at some point like I think
0: just... that, that actually came quite quickly yeah i think in the first round after like 30 30 seconds 1 minute max of actually trying to throw punches she kind of uh shelled up she shelled up and she just stayed like that for the remainder of the match pretty much
1: yeah she at some point she just put her hands up and she didn't come she didn't move forward she just and she didn't move backwards she just stayed in position yeah um but yeah it it made sense in a way that She's not trying in the boxing to to win because she just wants to survive because the chess she will almost certainly win, which is what happened. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. Actually I thought that the chess, the way that she approached the game, because you can when you're trying to win a game quickly, it's different than trying to win a game, right? Mm-hmm. Like if I'm playing if I'm playing a seventeen hundred or an eighteen hundred or two thousand, I can win the game very slowly and accurately um but she had the time element and the way she approached it was very good where she at some point she just started sacking like she sacked c7 she just went for the mate she very quickly um understood that she can mate her opponent but she has to she has to act very quickly even though she had a good position with other means as well and also by playing very quickly on the clock Uh, so she recognized the time element um, that's why she ended up being declared the winner because Actually, she missed made 1, right? She should have won the. She did the knight whole chest boxing. Two. That. Yep. Yeah. Knight takes a 2. Uh... The thing
0: she can do is give checks. She has to stall. If she's smart, she's going to stall the clock out. Andrea cannot make any move. She has to do a force check with her bishop. Oh, that was smart. She took the pawns okay, with the knight. Wait, wait, but Dina missed Maiden 1? The
1: chess boxing contest was hers without any sort of controversy. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah that's the that's the moment when she should have slowed down for a second uh, because then she would have recognized the main one uh but yeah I, I really enjoyed that fight I thought that was a really good fight it was the other ones some were kind of silly like the the one where they were kind of semi-competent at boxing but they couldn't play chess whatsoever yeah 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 that
0: was pretty bad yeah by uh the the Jiu Jitsu black belt was actually no, 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 that, that, one,
1: that one too but like later on when the guy was literally they didn't make it out of the opening he ah, yeah yeah, of yeah
0: yeah 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 myth I think against uh the guy with the red hair Trilies. yeah
1: Trilies. yeah the ability of his chest play
0: yep and he oh,
1: wow. <laughs> oh, right. and yeah he and we that right now. Right.
0: very clearly what we are Trilies. about yeah is... yeah the content creators were were definitely quite funny obviously you would need I would say for this to be marketable uh you would need people that are pre-proficient in chess and maybe less proficient in boxing but definitely they should know some some chess and I I might be biased obviously because I'm a chess player but that's the way I'm also
1: I feel the same I'm biased I I I would like to see chess players who are evenly matched like Dean Andre are maybe not even in both ways but the mix of it is uh is competitive yeah. or these guys these streamers have to take the chess very seriously at least like there was one guy um tof I think tof yeah who clearly took the chess seriously like he was playing very well he he sacked uh bishop uh, on B7 it was a temporary sacrifice to re- to win the pawn he was regaining the bishop like the chess was good the only problem for him was that he you got he knocked out <laughs> fast in the boxing, right yeah yeah
0: yeah no well, that was uh that was that, that yeah. was definitely a fun event uh I think everybody had a lot of fun and everybody would probably do it again and I hope they do it again um but it was definitely. Well, Lawrence has
1: said that he he wants to get back in the ring
0: he's he's going to fight I think once again in February but it's not going to be a, a North American gala I think it's going to be a European gala
1: yeah in France it'll, it'll be or something probably like probably very um not as much publicized or Streamed not even close hundreds of thousands of people as this one was
0: not even close but still
1: it'll be interesting to see him get back in the ring hopefully he can recover from what well we know was a, a great disappointment to him
0: yeah yeah no absolutely yeah that was a fun trip but definitely a very tiring one uh came in on Thursday worked the whole Thursday and then immediately after the fights we actually didn't party at all um which is a little bit weird right because you go to LA there is obviously going to be all these parties around uh this event but we we just didn't party a single night so um I think that was the right decision I was actually thinking about it at 5 a.m because we had to wake up at like 5 a.m in the morning to catch the mon- Monday morning flight and I was thinking yeah I kind of wanted to go out but it actually made absolutely no sense because I would have been dead um
1: yeah I also I didn't relish the idea of going to sleep in the early hours of the morning getting like two hours of sleep and then going in for a trip. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I didn't regret not, not really going out and celebrating or, or partying too much because uh, I think that we did do some very interesting, interesting stuff there. Um, not all the interviews that we did were uh, published yet. obviously, though ones with Lawrence with Amon and with Alexandra and Andrea were, were published but we still have one more which is uh in the pipeline yep. yep and and I think it'll be an exciting one I don't know if we should say who the guest is it's 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 a big one yeah for sure I mean
0: we we spoke with Levy um uh and Levy Rosman, Gotham chess however you want, want to call him um or however you know him but yeah that's definitely going to be an interesting one and I think it was one of the better ones we had also the conversation definitely flew nicely we covered a lot of subjects and uh, yeah
1: it was one of the most enjoyable ones that from my point of view that we filmed yeah um
0: and his like, good I mean they've he's all a been, professional all been obviously. enjoyable
1: yeah they've all been enjoyable but um yeah I I got more like personally invested in the conversation well sometimes you just hear very interesting things right yeah people but this was more of like a back and forth which I enjoyed I think so too yeah
0: no uh that was fun and then we got back on Monday you were actually moving that day also you you were really into some sort of a transition period yeah
1: yeah you know I I spent um like after I came back and I had this match against Magnus which obviously was was a disaster um and, and I was also moving at the same time. And like, after the match against Magnus, I spent the rest of the day moving my stuff. Well, actually I had already like moved out. I, I was in, in between two places. I had rented the new place and I already moved it, moved some of my, moved some of my furniture in there before LA. And, but the other place I still needed to get rid of everything that, you know, all the like tiny things, right um and my lease hadn't ended there yet so I had to clear out the apartment I had to um clean up and get rid of a lot of stuff and also decide which stuff I want to keep so like three days were just nonstop, like eight hour eight hours a day yeah um
0: and that's because you actually had to fly to Europe on like Thursday or something like that right
1: yeah also my lease was 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 ending I managed to move everything out before the lease ended um so I even like uh you know vacated before which is which was my goal uh because i i didn't want to leave everything completely last minute yeah but yeah at the end it was it was just a strange feeling because I, I like saw this place which for years i had known with like all my furniture and all my stuff and completely empty um basically like a brand new apartment except also quite there uh, was <laughs> you know, like bits of broken glass everywhere yeah. And stuff. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah. you know how it is when, when you move and uh um but yeah it, it was very very satisfying when I was finally done with the whole thing
0: it was satisfying yes. interesting like, interesting
1: yeah they, moving they, is moving is a very big annoyance I, I would have to say
0: did you feel any nostalgic feelings uh watching the empty apartment the former apartment I mean I'm, I'm sure a lot of memories in it and uh you know, uh, not embrace? really
1: no no I, I to me it was sort of a place that i came back to um in between tournaments and i never really grew attached to it you know yeah so that's why i was quite satisfied also that i had moved out and to a place which i like more
0: that's good that's good yeah well you you mentioned the 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 match against Magnus I'm sure you don't want to talk too much about it that was just a complete disaster but um yeah I mean if you want talk to us a little bit about it because I'm sure a lot of people want to know what happened there
1: well it it was a disaster I mean it it didn't go well from any point of view but it got progressively worse as it went on and was it, was think, it tilt or well what? I think it was a combination of things I mean I, I don't try to make excuses of um, course not yeah. but I was woefully prepared for this match um due to well I I didn't really have any time um I hadn't looked at chess in in weeks um to be honest I I came into it basically wondering like almost i don't know how the pieces move which sounds kind of like the last thing i had done chess wise was my match against eric and then it was the podcast la and moving out and i didn't have like a free moment in any day that i could look at chess yeah um and opening wise i don't i didn't really think that there would be much to prepare for because magnus is generally speaking you know he likes to jump around opening wise everywhere and I was happy to do the same I don't think the openings went badly necessarily but um yeah I was just not in not in real shape to play and uh maybe against some people you can get away with that against Magnus certainly not and then at some point it was just tilt it just um yeah it became of course for sure. the match yeah the match was over uh like halfway through the three-minute segment you know it was pretty clear I'm not going to be making up a six-point deficit or whatever it was yeah uh halfway through once the three-minute segment ended I think it was even more than the I don't know what it was eight-point deficit something like that uh completely impossible to recover from yeah and in the bullet it was just I mean I I was just making moves um not really looking at them I would get good positions sometimes I would usually um because Magnus has this quality uh, which is that he is probably the best defender in um like down to seconds that's
0: what I felt that's what I felt uh the difference was made in the last few seconds like no matter what the position was looking like he was able to out out scramble you pretty much
1: yeah okay I, I wouldn't say that's the only difference like uh, I mean I have to be objective and he, he did but that felt like the biggest wrong. one like in yeah, terms
0: yeah. of like number of games where things changed
1: yeah if we want to point to like the reason why it was uh such by such an overwhelming margin yeah um then yeah many games in the last few seconds like a few examples like in the one minute I was at some point just up a clear piece in one of the games uh but somehow it was a position where I don't have counterplay against his king. And he has an H pawn, which is very, very slowly moving down the board. It's clearly winning for Black, but um But yeah, I just couldn't like find a plan with seconds while his his moves seemed to always have purpose. Uh there was another one where it was almost certainly a draw. I was even felt like I was better. I had a pass H Pawn, Knight and Bishop, he had a past A pawn, knight and bishop. It's very clear if I bring my king to the queen side, we just make a draw. But I had this like uh hope which wasn't based on calculation i was just just like hoping that some sort of miracle will appear that my h pawn will force its way through hmm. when i thought about it later i realized well there's no mechanism that i can force it through right <laughs> knight i do have six bishop one f5 pawn on h6 he has k on f8 yeah and like how do i get this pawn through um and so i was just kind of making like some meaningless moves hoping that at some point the inspiration just comes to me <laughs> like by magic and of course his plan is very clear. he just pushes his apon on down the board and I have to do something about it uh I didn't and I ended up losing the game and that was a significant one because I was in the five minute I think in a game where like it was still I think a two-point deficit at that point which is you know early on in the match it's, it's not like, insurmountable for sure yeah I mean Magnus said someone had four points deficit against Hikaru right it's these are kind of normal swings that you could have um but those types of games just kept, uh, kept running away from me. Like, uh, basically any advantage I had, uh, I would not win. There was another one like I just couldn't believe that. I didn't win this game. It was early on. I was down two points, but I think it was the fourth game or fifth game. And I had, uh, two bishops against two knights, Um, and he was down material. And then he just starts sacking all his pawns. He gets his rooks on the second rank. I'm off
0: three pawns. I remember that one. That was a I big don't one. I didn't feel like oh, yeah. I
1: played it badly. Didn't check the game after, but I don't feel like I played this game badly at all.
0: The one that ended in a draw, yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's just remarkable that he like he has enough. Even a rook endgame, he's just down three pawns. But I like slowly lose all my pawns.
0: Yeah, I remember um, the game.
1: And yeah, I, I was like kind of very upset when I didn't win this. I was like I I was up so much time too. I was up a minute and a half on the clock. Uh, so yeah, it was just any advantage I had, I would either slip or sometimes I would lose. Any advantage he has, um, he wins. Like, I remember another one. It's just completely drawn position. I have dark square bishop and pawns all on dark squares. H6, G7, F6, E5, C5. All I need to do is not allow his one trick, which is to play G5. That's it. If it gets any way in, black will be... Black will be losing if this bishop can somehow get it. Oh, and I just Bingo. thinking of anywhere. Oh, bishop look at g5. takes g 5 Danny, the oh. idea is hg. Bishop takes g5. Holy smokes, my brain is exploding. Fg
0: f6. With the bishops, the bishop end game.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just need my bishop on anywhere where it can get back. Like if it's on d6, g5, I just take because my yeah. bishop can come back to f8.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but instead of bishop's on b8 and he plays g5 and he breaks my structure otherwise it's a completely dead drawn fortress nothing to do
0: yeah
1: uh and and i lose that game so it just these these things kept happening again and again and
0: yeah uh, once uh, once yeah. you get hit a couple of times with those type of situations uh the tilt settles in and then it's a completely different ball game uh you start making wrong decisions uh you start not seeing things or not considering things that you would normally consider it's a completely different feeling um it just I mean, feels yeah, like it's... you're sinking yeah uh...
1: it, it was a classic example of I was in poor shape Magnus was in good shape I think yeah he w- he was having a good day um I mean even his bad days are pretty good right he doesn't ever play like like terrible chess uh he always keeps consistency but I think he was also having a good day by he his was, standards
0: yeah he was he was and sure.
1: the weaker I got the stronger he got it was one of those cases uh where he just the confidence and the momentum care helped him even more and that, at some point, he was just playing like extremely extremely good chess I mean by any standards like a very very strong chess yeah uh and I was not so that's uh, the you know that he was going to win the match at some point was clear but that that explains uh why he won it by whatever i don't even remember the final score but like you know a 20 point <laughs> yeah. i don't even know if i'm exaggerating a you know, 20 point margin something like that um which is like the the most devastating uh loss in terms of points that i've ever had like i mean i i don't i remember i once lost a match against levon which was also by a terrible margin but not by this margin so yeah it was uh felt pretty disgusting at the end
0: yeah of course um did you see the Naka versus Magnus match yeah I watched it Mm -hmm. how 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 did you interpret that did you expect Naka to to take him down
1: no um I I mean like Hikaru in the five minute portion was like godlike. I mean the quality was, he so, was so good. So high.
0: He was yeah.
1: Incredibly high. Um I still didn't think it would be an easy match, but at some point it really felt like Magnus was also tilting, missing things. Uh like okay, Bishop C seven. He smiled after that one. Like it was it was very silly of course. <laughs> In but,
0: Catalan, yeah when he just yeah
1: but then he started to really like pick a momentum. I think he You could tell that he was starting to feel it especially in the in the one minute um but yeah it it still wasn't enough like once it got back to equal i have to say i really thought that hikaru wouldn't like find the strength in the last few games to to win the match um and it ended in a funny way like a little bit of an unsatisfying way because you know you want to see it go down to the wire and it kind of did but it was he, like he was saved by the bell in a way I mean not oh, entirely mm-hmm. because he mm-hmm. was up a point anyway like Magnus would still have to win a game if the next game started yeah but and Hikaru would have that, that he, white yeah that he ran out the clock actually it showed that his strategy like you know you sometimes see people drawing uh, playing out these like drawn endings right to to milk a minute off the clock or whatever and and my thought is always well this could be good it could also backfire right you never know uh like you might need the match time for yourself but it ended up being that all those minutes that he took off the match clock early on like in that uh Pierc game the well-known yeah uh perpetual yep. theoretical draw we where King he like King sat King it he out for three minutes yeah. yeah that this strategy was completely correct it it ended up winning him the match uh even though to to Hikaru's credit I think even if the match had gone on probably he would have not lost the final game and probably he would have won the match but it would have been more satisfying to see it that way right yeah
0: I saw mixed reviews about this strategy uh, I think Levon famously posted on Twitter that he does not like this idea of milking every single second off the clock and it feels uh... I don't think if he used the word dirty but I I, I... I feel that he doesn't believe this is in the spirit of the game um at the same time I sort of like it I sort of feel like this is part of the game this is part of this uh specific format because obviously we play so many formats but this specific format I feel this should be a part of it um I don't think there's any reasons to include any sort of new stalling rules or anything of that nature I think it adds to to the drama what do you think
1: uh well okay first of all I don't think we can criticize any of the players who use this rule because uh, they're playing by the rules of the match and basically chess players should play with the aim of winning Mm -hmm. as long as they're playing fairly and this is in the rules it's fair yeah so Hikaru or whoever it is that's that's using this and I think I've also seen Magnus do this it's it's
0: not only Hikaru yeah
1: yeah it's not just Hikaru. Hikaru so it's many people have used this strategy i've seen wesley do this right it's normal uh like this is just how you play to win so it's it's correct now when i think of it i don't like to see it because it takes the intrigue out of the match a little bit in my opinion like it feels like an anti anti anti-climax so that's a question on chess.com do you want to change the rules because maybe they're not as spectator friendly as getting that final game right everyone wanted to see that final game where where magnus has to win
0: that would be (laughs) the
1: most climactic thing yeah uh so this is on chess.com is there a way to to do this i don't think that you can put an anti-stalling rule because um how would you do that like this would have to be done on a case-by-case basis and it would probably lead to a mess yeah because a person can say i was thinking right
0: like the arbiter comes and tells you that yeah yeah no this is this is too difficult too too difficult and too subjective and then yeah there too, will be like, too many okay, complaints. we understand
1: of course yeah that when hikaru is down a queen and he has perpetual bishop e3 to f2 that he he's not thinking about you know like yeah. any <laughs> anything else he's just trying to stall the clock out we understand yeah, this yeah but you would have to take this on a case-by-case basis because let's say it's a uh you know a four against three end game right some people would just agree to or three against two or two against one end game some people would just agree to a draw some people would play it out and you can't call this stalling this could just be playing it out right yeah um uh, so there's different types of positions and it would be a bit too like do you really want someone in the middle of the match debating with the players like is this stalling or is this playing chess exactly
0: yeah no it, it, it's 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 very difficult to actually include uh these type of rules it, it just pretty much reminds me of um NFL football I don't know if you're watching but there is this rule that, that if you have the ball or of course I, I don't know the exact specifics but basically you can run down the clock um the last two minutes so if you have mm-hmm. the ball and you're like one point up uh, then you and you enter the final two minutes uh, two minutes of the match actually uh the match is over pretty much because you can run down mm-hmm. the clock and nobody even cares uh, actually uh, the opponents just walk off the field and everybody knows that the game is over once you have that opportunity so yeah
1: um, I think that athletes just play within the rules right they yeah you tell them the rules they they play the game and they don't really care um it's like like a chess player thinking this is unfair is the same way a chess player would think that being flagged uh you know when your upper queen is unfair right exactly yeah okay it doesn't feel good but it happens it's part of the rules or you know some players might think stalemate is an unfair rule right I mean, I've, I've seen chess players argue that stalemate shouldn't be a draw but <laughs> I think uh, uh, famously
0: yeah, what uh, Nigel short yeah his yeah uh,
1: Nigel had this idea I mean his... it's logical right stalemate is like a complete domination of your opponent so <laughs> why is it a draw but that's just the rules of chess yeah
0: yeah yeah no uh a lot of things actually have happened this past week the speech championship that was a lot of fun obviously the World Cup I don't know if you were watching I know you're not watching. Yeah, I, I did watch you did watch I, it. I watched the final really that, that was a good match actually that was a really yeah. good match yeah. um funny no it was funny enough it was like 2-0 and I'm actually in training camp right now with uh, my university students and the game started at like nine and I told them yeah we'll start training camp um after the match is over obviously you can you guys can watch it and I left with 10 minutes to go or something like that 15 minutes to go before the end of uh, regulation time and it was 2-0 for Argentina I was like okay this match is over and then I got to the training room and it was 2-2 and the guy was (laughs) the, the, the the guys were like going crazy about what has uh what has happened in the last 10 minutes while I was driving so I was like holy smokes uh France actually yeah it, made was, it, it huh? was a great match
1: yeah. I mean it was a it was a, <laughs> I guess one of the like all-time classic finals
0: for yeah. sure for sure
1: it, but if, the funny thing is it exactly mirrored or like the other way around because it happened first of course but the Hikaru Magus match exactly mirrored that Hikaru is leading uh throughout the match then like right at the end Magnus equalizes it and Hikaru still pulls through and wins just like Argentina leading 2-0 France scoring two two points very very quickly Yep. and then Argentina Argentina pulling it out in the end yeah um
0: and they scored again like, and then they got equalized again in, yeah in extra yeah, time
1: it, it's funny how it how those matches mirrored each other on the same day it's um I mean I don't you know subscribe to conspiracy theories but uh, I I have some questions for Danny uh,
0: we (laughs) got uh we we definitely got to get Danny on the that was good that was good no that was a fun one for sure um yeah speaking of Danny and chess.com I mean I was uh I was saying that a lot of things have happened in 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 the world but especially in the world of chess finally the acquisition play Magnus was bought by chess.com um I think it's official they uh, made it official on the 16th they just announced it today we're uh we're recording this on Wednesday the 21st actually immediately after the announcement now the first question is obviously whether this resembles uh, a monopoly or is this a good thing for chess this is the big debate that I've seen in the chats and pretty much everywhere is chess.com getting too big or is this a good thing that will actually help chess players and and chess fans and just help grow the game what do you think
1: well that's a very good question Um, this depends entirely on chess.com at this point generally speaking it shouldn't have come to this that one chess company rose above all others I mean okay monopolies tend to occur in every field but still it's not ideal
0: we still have chess. Uh, it's
1: not that I mean I, I think chess.com is a good company it's a great company. it's just that you should still have uh com- competition in some sphere and obviously it's not their fault that they don't have competition uh it's it actually I think started with chess 24 because or the play Magnus group because they started buying up companies and this was before chess.com was doing before chess.com uh took over everything right
0: mm-hmm Mm-hmm.
1: but they they bought chessable I, I remember seeing this meeting between um between magnus and john bartholomew it was in Vikings a I, I forget which year it was but this was like the start of play magnus group starting to, to acquire. acquire all these yeah. small smaller chess companies which uh actually getting chessable was a great business decision from their point of view because chessable is is a hugely profitable company
0: and success yeah in very a way successful. that chess
1: 24 is not right
0: yeah no they're um, disruptors for sure chess
1: yeah chessable is chessable is great i mean they make great content um they have a good team i think uh they were the only thing at some point like holding up <laughs> the play magnus group because chess 24 itself was uh, hemorrhaging money right yeah uh they were getting very big investments uh from private investors but uh but they, I, I don't know, like the business model wasn't working out for them. Uh, but yeah, now chess.com has everything, I think.
0: Well, there's are still liches, right? right? So right. In, in terms of at least places where you can play chess, they still have uh, pretty stiff, if you want to call it like that, competition. I don't know if they're still focused necessarily on on them being known as the place where you play chess, even though they probably are. But they're also putting a lot of their resources into entertainment um the entertainment side of things but obviously again you still have chess where anybody can play one thing about chess 24 is that i don't think anybody was actually playing on chess 24.
1: yeah like they, that they... was chess 24's big big issue is their their play zone was was not good it, some i don't know why they never created a good place to play chess maybe but, they were just too late no no they, their problem was the interface was terrible and they they never got it programmed again because I guess it's it's a pain in the ass to to I mean their, their site was was built yeah when was it um because it, it was before Magnus got involved mm-hmm. it was um this guy Enrique right mm-hmm. mm-hmm and I forget which year it was um early 2010s I think I'm so saying.
0: I think so I think 2011 2012 something like that
1: I think at some point they scrapped their team like a programmers and uh they couldn't like figure out a way to make it good after that
0: but this was one of uh, the big problems that just.com actually had also at some point um their play zone was pretty slow the famous uh, stuck in the mud by by Magnus right the pieces feel like they're stuck in the mud but I think they, they they took this big project of uh, updating everything and it took them probably a lot of resources and and a lot of headaches to actually make it smooth um which
1: they did yeah and then obviously yeah no, now it, it's 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 quite enjoyable to play on chess.com yeah I mean the, the best, interface is nice best experience uh, chess as well it's it's a nice interface um but when we talk about competition I mean like chess.com is a place where Magnus plays where Hikaru plays where all the streamers uh have one of the great things I think chess.com one of the very smart things is they supported all these small independent streamers um before it was before they were huge right at the beginning 2016
0: something like that yeah
1: yeah and now everyone has a chess.com logo um they have all the best players playing on their site they have the big money tournaments um and if we look at like users of leechess chess versus chess.com will there be a comparison like does Leechess have millions of people playing at, at the same time on no no their... no
0: no 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 the I mean... the difference is pretty significant and I, I I think you're very much right about it they focused um on the entertainment side of it and uh they basically attached their branding to 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 the entertainment side of chess early on before it caught on and yeah and and they made some very very smart
1: business decisions for sure that
0: was a good business decision yeah Yeah. no I mean oh there is
1: one one more um I I just got reminded of this because I was thinking who is the one player who doesn't really play on chess.com that much and then I thought oh it's Ali Reza right
0: mm -hmm.
1: and um there's this other site called um immortal yeah
0: the the immortal game yeah
1: the immortal game is the the way yeah 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 or it's yeah just a mortal game not the yeah i mean it's still like early days for them uh they're an interesting project i i don't i didn't like fully understand it i met the guys who who started it um and it's like chess but kind of gamified in a different way right so you can like collect stuff Mm -hmm. nfts um anyway i don't want to like do an ad for them but uh there there is some uh I guess some small competition but still yeah chess.com really has a grip on the market it's it's a it's a really big grip
0: no and Um, again i from my perspective i think it's a good thing i'm just trying to compare it to other sports and I, i can think of mma for example and you have the ufc and everybody knows who the ufc is and they were the ones uh by pretty much having the whole market uh on a tight grip they were the ones that were able to penetrate these big platforms yeah the ESPN and things of that nature so I think if we want to chess if we want chess to be ever on ESPN we need a big uh mover and it does seem like chess.com right now position themselves to be to be the mover um so I yeah, I, I, I kind of like it I kind of mm-hmm. like it
1: I I think we'll see I, I think it's too early to say because it depends on their management and how they how they do with it um yeah it's i think it's just too early to say it yeah i i did notice something interesting which magnus said which is kind of related i guess he said that he thinks or even that he that he hopes that classical chess will be phased out
0: when it comes to regular
1: uh chess i feel that um i feel that uh classical probably will be sort of phased out a little bit at least at the at the top level um at least that that's what i think sort of sh- should should happen um in favor of shorter time controls uh, and i was a bit surprised he said that mm. what, what do you think
0: yeah um i think he he said that actually today just before we went live uh with with Danny he was speaking about it and he did mention the fact that uh he hopes to see that being phased out I don't think he hopes that classical chess is going to be phased out I think he sees that as a natural movement of the market and uh he's obviously a believer in 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 the market he wants to make chess uh exciting or at least this is what I feel he's getting positioned um to uh, to to do and to push and i think through that lens uh it feels like he not necessarily once again wants to see classical chess being phased out but he believes that the natural progression is for it to be uh phased out what do i think about it i think that's where fide comes into play i think fide definitely needs to continue bringing um the big classical events on the grand stage and they still have uh, a hugely important role in it they're a bit slow moving so obviously that's always been their problem but um I still think that they have something um something to give and I still think they have a product to 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 give to the world of chess at the same time yeah. I I do see and I think we've covered this quite a few times on the pod um it just feels like there's so many more rapid and bliss tournaments nowadays yes. right Twenty seven hundreds, 2650s they don't have opportunities anymore or at least I don't see as many opportunities as they used to be uh in the world of chess for 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 those type of players um and that means that you know also the top competitions most likely will be uh, created for entertainment and what brings entertainment and what brings the numbers is uh, controversial figures very strong players and um and very exciting fast-paced chess so I think this is what we're most likely going to see in the future
1: yeah no of course people want to see the rapid and blitz I mean it's uh, it's the most fun to watch it's also the most fun to play I mean I can say that as well like you don't have to prepare as much um it's not as intense, right? You're not playing yeah. one game, everything riding on one game for six hours a day. Um, I understand why Magnus doesn't want to play that as much as rabbit and blitz. And I would and I also have to say I feel the same, right? It's just more fun to play past type controls. Um, on the other hand, like we're going to, to lose a great, um, great part of chess, if Classical Chess is completely phased out. I don't and think I, it I also will. See it moving. I,
0: I, I don't think it will be completely phased out.
1: Again, I, I
0: still want it's to... It's moving s- in that direction. You think so? You, you actually think that is going to be completely phased out? I
1: well, mean, we're okay, already we seeing... We're talking about Chess.com yeah. as a monopoly already. We're like... They don't focus on Classical Chess almost at all. It's all rapid and Blitz. They, they I guess, sponsor the... What was the Isle of Man? Isle
0: the, of Man uh, and the Grand Suisse.
1: Well, isleman became grand swiss now the grand swiss Swiss, um is going out right but they Uh, also
0: sponsored the candidates they also sponsored the world championship match
1: well i i think that they provided commentary correct for i don't remember the full we we, we're speculating on the
0: details right now
1: but uh, um yeah but they i don't think that they gave like money to the candidates it's just that the production is a hugely expensive thing. And I think they provided that free for uh, for the candidates for FIDE to use. Um, Speaking of FIDE, of course, they have the infrastructure, which is very valuable, the candidates, the World Cycle, the World Championship match, the World Rapid and Blitz Championships. Um, But in terms of classical tournaments, it's right now being kind of maintained by FIDE by some FIDE events, and by the St. Louis Chess Club. Yes. that hosts a few classical events a year the Singfield Cup Bucharest uh and that's it the U.S Championship and that's it yeah right yeah Pretty
0: the much. grand and and also the Grand Chess story is uh yeah I mean only two events are classical and three of them are rapid and Blitz so obviously yeah. the trend is towards more rapid and Blitz as well um and so in, what we're left with sort of is
1: well. a bunch of like assorted random randomly organized events by different people and everything else all the all the money goes towards rapid and blitz yeah uh, yeah that's the trend it it might pan out exactly as Magnus said that classical chess will be phased out uh and maybe he has no interest in it because he he did bow out of the playing the world championship match which he, was his which he was entitled to play right uh mm. he, he could have played the match and most likely kept his title for at least another year but he he moved himself out of that cycle maybe that's what he wants to I, to see classical chess sort of phased out as well um
0: but I, think I we're really going to, get like a, to see a mix. I think we're going to get a, a huge huge uh answer um after the match between Ding and Nepo. if the attention and the publicity and everything that comes along with the World Championship match feels the same then probably classical chess continues to have a future if it's a 10th of what the Magnus versus whoever match would be then you know uh, we will get a pretty clear answer that classical chess is slowly um, well,
1: dying I guess so so let me put it this way uh the the world championship at its peak I think our viewership yeah when I was commentating on it right yeah uh, game six like at the highest point of game six on Twitch I think was around Mm -hmm. 140,000 concurrent viewers Mm -hmm. um maybe it was a bit more than that
0: that was big (laughs) that and that that was was only on Twitch yeah I mean
1: YouTube probably had 100k also who knows I, I don't know if it was 100k but YouTube had an amount but but let's just focus on Twitch because um because I'm just trying to compare it to the Magnus against Hikaru speech has championship final mm-hmm. which like when we when we compare the gravity of the world championship match which is a culmination of a year of events featuring all the players in the world uh featuring millions of dollars in money and the prestige of you know put your name in the history books uh, alongside people like capablanca and uh Kasparov and yep. Fisher yeah uh and the speech championship with all due respect is like a two-week long or three-week-long event <laughs> with a, a handful of players, all you know, top players in the world, but a handful of players, um, no qualification process, and rather limited money compared to other big top events. Like it's a great event, but the gravity is very different. Yeah. And and like seventy thousand people were watching that final. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't that different from most of the games of the World Championship. Like many games it was eighty thousand, sixty thousand to 80,000 people watching. Yep. On Twitch. Yep. Um of course, in the last year a lot of extra tension in chess has been formed, right? Uh chess is a bit is a bit bigger in some ways. Um people like Levy have improved their viewership uh exponentially in the last year, right?
0: Yeah, but I mean, when was the
1: I, I wouldn't say
0: 2022 you would you would think that they improved as much exponentially I think 2020 was the big one and then 2021 was the continuation of 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 the big three booms that we had in 2020 um well and I think the pandemic was not so
1: yes it depends on who it is for sure but for Levy I think he actually like doubled his
0: Levy yes 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 but that's that that's only one example right I think 2022 already things have not necessarily phased out because I still think the trend is 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 positive but I think 2020 2021 was when we were seeing people actually being at home staying at home because of the pandemic and actually watching chess and that helped a lot um okay but
1: that 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 lends itself to my point which is that um if there wasn't even a, a quantitative increase in viewership across the board in chess then the comparison between a speech championship final and a world championship final and seeing similar numbers on Twitch is is very very telling I think
0: yeah no really shows that
1: people what people are interested in it's not it's not long classical games it's rapid fire blitz games one after the other uh blitz and bullet um and of course the names matter but in both cases Magnus was involved I I would Uh, say car car is a bigger name than Jan. Due to his online presence, of course, yeah. um, but still, the, I was shocked by the viewership for that match—70,000 or so people on Twitch concurrently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was huge. That's that's enormous. Like it shows the level of interest. This was, this was a relatively small event compared to other events. Like, I can tell you that Magnus and Ikaru bo- both care much more about the world championship which is a coming up rather than the speeches championship final mm-hmm. um Magnus probably cares more about um most of the tournaments that he will be playing next like for players this is is a relatively small event compared to other ones but the viewership was enormous people are really really interested in seeing it
0: yeah no and it was 70k on Twitch and I think uh, it was 40 or 50k on YouTube so concurrently uh it was more than 100k combined that that that's huge absolutely yeah and that's just
1: huge. um I, I assume that other that's just chess.com yes it, yes
0: yes yes that's you know you you don't worry about Hikaru's Twitch channel which was probably humongous as well uh Magnus was streaming it as well on his platforms YouTube channel chess24 was streaming it as well with their own commentary team so yeah, yeah it no was it was it was big hundreds for sure.
1: of thousands of people watching right for um, sure
0: for sure very
1: very big like also the chess boxing event. Of course, I, I know that's different because it's streamers and they bring their own audience. But at some point we had like 400,000 people watching people who don't know how to play chess play chess. Yeah. Like they barely know how to move the pieces and they have 400,000 people watching, which is more than any chess or chess-related event I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, like Dina wrote this. I think it was in jest. But uh, but nevertheless, she, she wrote that her match with andrea was the most viewed chess match between two women <laughs> in history that is true that, that that is actually true which it is sort of funny um i don't know if like people who chess traditionalists people who who like watching chess because they love chess will probably not be too amused by that um i'm sort of indifferent like you know if people like watching chess in a whatever format I, I I think that's that's great um but it is also s- rather amusing when like this final is far more viewed than the world championship last year no like the the Dean Andrea of uh, yes. chess boxing is far more viewed than the world championship last year it's 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 pretty funny <laughs>
0: yeah yeah no um uh, chess is changing and it's moving fast so definitely very intriguing and uh, fun times I would say ahead now there is a couple of opens speaking of classical chess and classical events uh, a big one is Sunway siege I was actually planning on playing I was considering playing that the problem was that we were finishing on the 12th with the chess boxing event and we actually had to be there and the tournament was starting on 13th so I would have had to fly from LA to Spain and they were not accepting buys so in the end i was like okay maybe i shouldn't play this but uh hans is playing hans is uh, yeah he's doing well he's continuing doing well. his uh spanish uh circuit and uh he's definitely doing well he didn't do very well in l'obregat he started well at l'obregat he started well but then he lost a game i think against tin Zhang yao from uh, hmm. who is actually a very promising player from singapore we haven't had a lot of talents from singapore but this one is one of them, close to twenty six hundred, mm-hmm. and now he's doing really well. I think he. Well,
1: actually, it just finished today, right? No, Am no, I no. Correct?
0: There's one more, one more game, one more round. It's ten rounds. Ten rounds. Yeah, yeah.
1: Ah, okay. So he has a chance, a legitimate chance of winning the tournament because I... he's a half point out of first.
0: I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Okay. I think Alexenko started off just ridiculously hot, um seven mm-hmm. out of seven. I'm not hundred percent sure how he did in the last he's couple. Eight. So he Drew's drew last his last two. Yeah,
1: yeah. And Hans won uh, his, one his last two. So he's seven and a half. And Tabata Bay? No. Uh, Tabata Bay is seven, probably out of contention for first, along with Yu Yang Yi. Tabata uh, Bay is seven out of, of eight, Kroosian. actually. <laughs> Sorry, what's
0: that? Tabata Bay is seven out of eight.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So probably out of contention for first place. Not like, out of nine, I, I think.
0: Because he didn't play the first round. He, he got paired with an Israeli player, and he didn't play it wait he has he only played eight rounds the first time the the first one he lost by forfeit
1: oh I understand he got paired
0: with an Israeli player and he couldn't Uh, play because of the situation yeah
1: yeah you know I I like I spoke to these guys at some point and I like won't say too much but uh but it is very sad because of course they they want to play chess right
0: yeah yeah
1: but they're not able to uh when in this case it's not you know it's not out of their desire I don't think that they they're forfeiting games
0: no of course Um, not and partially probably that's why Ali Reza changed federations yeah and moved away I would assume yes
1: probably one of well I think I think the other reason is that he does have very serious support from someone in France yeah
0: yeah yeah but also because of the fact that I mean uh if anybody from Israel gets really good and at some point challenges you in a direct match you cannot you cannot play that match right it's just yeah uh, unless you want to have huge problems at home it um, would be very dangerous it, it's a very sad that. unfortunate situation I have to say um I guess there's not a clear-cut answer to that yeah. Hans with with a clear shot at potentially winning siege and I think he more or less established himself over 2700. finally he's been 2699 for the last like three tournaments or something like that and finally he made it over 2700 so um good job congratulations to Hans yeah
1: 2706.1
0: currently so with a round to go
1: unless he loses even if he loses tomorrow he'll probably still be 2700 yeah but assuming he doesn't lose he'll be between 2706 and 2710 not
0: like that impressive impressive stuff um and i think uh, yeah I, we'll, we'll talk about the lawsuit at some point there were some some things happening uh with the lawsuit i think chess.com and naka and even um play magnus and and Man- magnus himself tried to file for dismissal yes um. they filed for dismissal i think um but still that thing is moving pretty slow so I don't think there's any. Yeah,
1: to... it's it somehow lost the attention of the chess world because we spoke about this before. Legal stuff—it's not very exciting, is it?
0: It's always going to move slow. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's not not the sexiest thing to talk about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so um, we don't have much in that regard. Actually, there was something recently. I think it just came out—a statement from uh, FIDE, from the Fair Play Chair, uh, on uh, their investigation of Magnus versus uh, Neman and it says something along the lines of well actually it doesn't say much it says that the panel has been working very hard in the past few weeks but the investigation is not yet completed um this is due to the complexity of the matter at hand which requires the panel to search for and analyze all relevant evidence blah 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 blah
1: that's the most exciting news I've heard all day
0: (laughs) so basically said something a statement about nothing okay um and just to top it off I think they also announced that uh the CEO of Chessable just announced that there's going to be a lot of courses coming in the new year and uh, some very interesting names on the list of uh of uh coaches and one of them was you you're actually going to have a Chessable course excited yeah
1: I will excited um, about I was approached a few months ago <laughs> yeah no, it's I, I I do want to do a good job with it it's going to be an opening course I won't like say the opening yet because I don't know if they want to
0: absolutely yeah yeah
1: publicize that themselves um but it's an opening which I have a great deal of experience on playing it for over a decade on and off of course um but still they they came to me with the idea of an opening course and asked which openings, and I think they already had their mind on this one opening mm-hmm. because it's it's an opening which hasn't been covered yet by any chessboard course. So uh, I hope it's good. I mean, I'll, I'm going to try to prepare it very meticulously, uh, prepare the material meticulously, and hopefully do a good job of presenting it which, um, you know, I, I did an opening course in the past, which I wasn't super happy with the final result. I didn't feel like I was well prepared to, to cover it and kind of just went into it, winged it. And the result was a little bit of a mess. Uh, you know, it still got some positive feedback, some negative feedback, but uh, I'm hoping to do a much better job with this one. And uh, so far I've, I've done I started with it, but I haven't. It's still a work in progress. It's not going to be completed, you know, anytime very soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, my hope is that by March it will be complete. March? Wow, that's. <laughs> yeah. Well, my, my timeline. Very confident I, timeline. Like, that's my hope. Um, because they're not easy.
0: I can tell you that much. They're not easy. They.
1: Yeah, yeah they I, Require I, I know. a lot of work. I, I know uh that's that's just my hope because I do have a lot of tournaments going if I I think if I had no tournaments going on it would be quite easy to set out like two weeks just to uh get everything because like the the analysis part is is rather easy
0: yeah Uh, and I would assume most of it is already done or at least you have the right direction
1: yeah most of that is pretty much clear cut for me uh the exposition explanation and the way of organizing the material is uh, the most t- time-consuming part and probably the most difficult part will be the presentation of it uh, because I know how difficult it is to speak in front of a camera especially alone for many hours but uh, but that's the only way to do it you <laughs> at some point have to do that but it will also that'll be the less time time consuming part because at that point all the material is ready and you just need to get in front of the camera and speak for several hours a day and get it get it done but yeah I'm a little bit nervous I hope that the final product will be good
0: yeah no I'm looking forward to it and I'm sure it's going to be great we'll talk about that uh more as uh the final product is getting close to being finalized but uh yeah well Fabi um oh <laughs> i almost forgot you have a couple of world championships <laughs> coming up world rapid and blitz and uh uh leaving for kazakhstan uh, in a couple of days or are you leaving actually tomorrow when are you going
1: i'm leaving tomorrow okay and it starts um a few days after and yeah it'll be inter- it's going to be very strong it'll be very interesting um last year i got rather close to making a, a serious push for first you know we tied on score with Magnus with um Ian and with the eventual winner
0: Abdu-Satarov, yeah. uh
1: but they eliminated Magnus and I uh, so we were like third fourth and Ian and based on tie breaks played a yeah based on the I guess it was Sonnenborn Burger and uh, we got left out in the dirt, and uh, the two finalists were Jan, and I thought that he would win the playoff. I thought he would be a favorite, but Abduce Sarab is, is extremely, um, extremely good and rapid. Like, I, I saw he, uh, also this Kashima Memorial, right, which is happening right now, Kashima mm-hmm. Memorial just started, and I think he's leading.
0: Mm-hmm. He's like good. seven out of nine. He's in, really in good. Rapid. He's really good. And he's getting very, very good in classical as well. I think he's uh he passed twenty seven hundred, so he's around twenty seven twenty. Um yeah, he's definitely getting good. Speaking of Abdusatarov, he's not playing the rapid. He's not defending. Yeah. In
1: total. Yeah, yeah. Um I, I don't know what reason. I guess he has some personal reason, but it's a it's strange. Very strange. <laughs> you'd think a player who has won it would uh be uh, excited to return I mean what what is there to lose but maybe he has something going on
0: well actually speaking of that do they have any Uzbek players participating or is this just like ah I see I see some Uzbek players Sindarov is playing so it's definitely not a country thing uh Yakubov is playing yeah actually most no I
1: I don't think it's a it's it just it he has nothing yeah. to do with the country it's no, just it's him. probably a personal reason hmm. i would guess but yeah. i don't know can only speculate
0: no that's going to be a super fun one um i'm definitely going to be following it not traveling anywhere for christmas it was uh either that staying at home or coming to kazakhstan in in the end decided to stay at home but that should be a very fun uh, one and pretty much everybody's playing. Magnus is playing. Richard Report Nakamura, Duda, MVL, Nepo, Chris yourself yourself, everybody. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it's it's basically everyone except I guess Alireza, right?
0: Alireza is not playing. Yeah, never um, mind. I forgot about that. Yeah, Reza.
1: I, I I don't know why, but he's he like had this huge successful run in the summer and then decided basically to take a long hiatus from chess
0: what's up with that he did that actually he he's been doing that for the last couple of years right um well he did that
1: before the candidates yeah like he had this very success it's a pattern right I mean he he wins the Grand Swiss in 2021 he gains a ton of rating in the European team championship yeah and then he doesn't play for like six months and then he plays candidates uh has a relatively poor result then he has a very successful summer he wins the Sinkfield Cup, wins the rapid Blitz, and St. St. Louis. Yeah. And then he disappears. <laughs> I, I it's it's a weird pattern. I, normally I would think he would be very uh, eager to carry on with that momentum. Like why wouldn't you?
0: Do you have any inside info as to why he's doing no, this? No,
1: not at all. I, I just think that he he and his team, which includes his family, uh I think his father play has a has a pretty significant role in the direction of his career mm. uh, and i think they have this idea that yeah you you sit and you do the work um and he probably wants to make a very serious push for world champion that's mm-hmm. my guess mm-hmm. i don't know if that's the right approach though to because you know it's a it's an unusual one Usually, very unusual. players they work a lot but they incorporate some tournaments in the mix to get that uh that practice and so you don't get it still so I don't know we'll we'll see but it definitely feels like a strategy that they're taking
0: yeah yeah um well I think more or less uh, that covers a lot of ground uh very excited about the world rabbit and blitz so very excited about the future of chess um very excited to see how the future of chess is going to pan out but it definitely looks promising and um yeah I mean safe trip to Kazakhstan thank you we'll uh talk after Christmas hopefully it's going to be a successful Christmas for you um a couple of World Championship titles at stake so that's going to be a fun one
1: yeah I'm f- looking forward to
0: it follow and uh yeah happy if we're not going to hear from you happy uh New Year's we'll see you in 2023 and we'll see everybody else in 2023 guys um stay tuned to the channel we have a lot of content coming your way a lot of fun content and um we're not going anywhere the podcast will be growing so see you guys next week and after that in 2023 cheers